Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the FT Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Murray Withers from the Comment and Analysis Desk of the Financial Times. Médecins Sans Frontières has been chosen by the FT as the partner for our 2016 seasonal appeal. As Erica Solomon discovers, MSF, or Doctors Without Borders, is one of the few aid groups to continue working in war zones despite repeated deadly attacks on its facilities. Please go to ft.com appeal to read more and donate. Now, Erica looks at how the aid group's commitment to impartiality helps staff stay on the front lines and continue its vital work in places such as Yemen, Iraq and Syria. Dr. Jihao On's idea of hospital care used to be based on his work at King's College London, where he had state-of-the-art equipment and anesthetic creams to rub into children's hands to numb the prick of a needle. All that changed this spring. Instead of being at a world-leading research university, he was sitting in a truck, rumbling up a dirt road towards a remote town near the front lines in Yemen, a country torn apart by one of the world's lesser-known wars. When Dr. Un spent three months volunteering with Médecins Sans Frontières, his new hospital in the northwestern rural town of Abs was surrounded by displaced families living in dusty tents. Patients quietly withstood the pain of whatever treatment they could get. If we needed blood, he recalled, we asked relatives to stick out their arm. People were quite used to suffering. They were just so grateful to be treated for free. They felt abandoned by the others. This is a time of huge humanitarian need across the globe. More than 125 million people were affected by conflict or disaster this year. The five-year civil war in Syria has generated the biggest refugee crisis since 1945, sending hundreds of thousands of people towards Europe's shores. Millions more are trapped inside conflict zones like Yemen. Yet fewer humanitarian organizations are helping in the places where they are needed most. Many aid groups have become risk-averse, limiting the exposure of their staff to conflicts. At the same time, the international community appears less able or less willing to stop the violence that ravages not only the victims of war, but the organizations trying to help them. For this year's seasonal appeal, the Financial Times has partnered with MSF, which has projects in nearly 70 countries. The agency sends in funds and supplies, but is also one of the few aid groups to put its own people's lives on the line. Founded in France by volunteer medics and journalists in 1971, MSF's work is based on the principle that every person has the right to medical care, regardless of their beliefs, ethnicity, or background. Those medical needs, it says, are more important than any national border. It is a principle that pushes MSF to go where many other NGOs will not and inspires volunteers like anesthesiologist Dr. Un. This commitment to impartiality challenges the group's work to this day. Warring sides are suspicious of its open acknowledgement that it will treat any patient who comes its way. In the past year, 75 MSF-supported hospitals have been bombed in what the group has called an epidemic of attacks. The most dramatic incident MSF has faced was in October 2015, when a U.S. airstrike hit its medical center in Kunduz, Afghanistan. It killed 42 people and destroyed the facility. We often have this feeling of, where is everybody, says Will Turner. 
head of the MSF mission in Yemen. Studies suggest that more than half of Yemen's 24 million people do not know where their next meal will come from, and 370,000 children are already malnourished. MSF doctors have treated skeletal 12-year-olds and pregnant women. The children sometimes weigh less than 20 kilograms. What we really need in Yemen now is a greater scale-up of organizations, says Mr. Turner, and a presence in these hardest-hit areas, because this is where you need to have direct interaction with authorities to negotiate for access and deliver your assistance, Mr. Turner adds. Being on the ground allows MSF to develop relationships with the warring parties and to ensure it can keep its medical facilities open. In places like Yemen, where al-Qaeda insurgents still operate, it means the group has enough local support to bring in foreign medics like Dr. Un. Before his visit, Dr. Un, who is 36, had never been to the Middle East. In Yemen, Saudi Arabia has led a coalition that is backing the internationally recognized government, but it has been accused of indiscriminate air attacks. Saudi Arabia has taken the fight to Shia Houthi rebels who control large areas of the country, including the capital, Sana'a. Dr. Un's only experience of an environment like a war zone had been in a simulation during national service with the army in his native Singapore. He has learnt some Arabic on the job, enough to ask patients their age and where their pain is. The moment a patient comes in, they are not a rebel or a Houthi, they are not Al-Qaeda, they are not a Saudi or whatever, he says. They are a person, a patient. They have a heart, they have blood, they feel pain, they have emotions and they have a family. The hospital is a place for healing. It is sacred in that respect, he says. Local doctors who work with MSF in places like Yemen face risks as well. Some have been harassed and even forced from their homes by militants. MSF says it regularly gives the coordinates of its hospitals to the Saudi coalition, yet five of its hospitals have been hit in airstrikes this year. The latest, on August 15th, hit the same Abs hospital that Dr. Un had left just a few weeks earlier. Nineteen people died, most of them patients. MSF is also one of the few aid agencies willing to publicly criticize governments and other international institutions like the UN, which it claims are slow, bureaucratic, and cautious in the way they respond to emergencies. The group has been critical of its peers in the aid world too, arguing that their dependence on major donors and government agencies, such as the UK's Department for International Development or the US Agency for International Development, has made them cumbersome and could affect their neutrality. This year, MSF UK decided to stop seeking funding from EU institutions, making it wholly reliant on private donations. The decision was driven by Europe's refugee deterrence policies, says Vicky Hawkins, the executive director. We simply cannot accept such funding while at the same time treating the victims of those policies, she said. It means that now, more than ever, we rely on the support of the public to continue providing life-saving medical care. MSF is headed by the Canadian pediatrician Joanne Liu, and it has been internationally recognized for its efforts, winning the Nobel Peace Prize in 1999. But the group has drawn criticism. Some aid organizations will speak out against the regime at the cost of losing access to those in need. But MSF has negotiated with governments and militias accused of human rights abuses in order to stay on the ground. Among the most vociferous critics has been MSF itself. It exposed the questionable dealings of both MSF and other aid groups in 2011 when it published a report called Humanitarian Negotiations Revealed. In that report, it disclosed how it paid the al-Qaeda-affiliated al-Shabaab $10,000 per project to continue its work in Somalia. It apologized to Ali Abdullah Saleh, Yemen's former president, for listing the country as one of the top humanitarian crises of 2009. That was in order to keep working there. 
Dr. Humam Muhammad, 28, dreamt of being an MSF volunteer after seeing the group on Iraqi television as a boy. It was a prospect that he assumed was out of his reach as he was completing his own training in general medicine, and it seemed even further away after the summer of 2014 when ISIS stormed his home city of Mosul. Dr. Muhammad worked for five months in Mosul under the jihadi group's rule, and he lived in fear of it before he and his wife managed to escape. Despite that, he says he would treat anyone who crossed his path, even someone from the Islamist group that forced him to flee his home. That is our motto at MSF, he says, complete neutrality. The doctor now works at an MSF mobile clinic, a bus loaded with pills and paperwork that is driven around the Debaga internal displacement camp in northern Iraq, which is run by the semi-autonomous Kurdistan regional government. Thousands have fled to these seemingly endless rows of plastic tents since Baghdad set out on its internationally-backed campaign to retake Mosul this autumn. Every day, a crowd of patients stands in the heat and dust for a chance to sit with doctors and discuss what ails them. Some are aching after spending hours on the run to flee their homes. Others are struggling to deal with babies frail from malnutrition after months trapped in a town on the brink of starvation. Dr. Muhammad's status as a fellow refugee makes it easier for them to accept some of his tough advice. He scolds mothers who don't follow his tips on improving babies' nutrition and teases an old man who complains about a painful cough but only reluctantly admits that he is also a smoker. You're smoking two packets of cigarettes a day, he jokes. That's all? MSF treats psychological wounds as seriously as the physical injuries. In camps like Dibaga, where nearly everyone has fled from ISIS rule, doctors say that most of their patients are struggling with psychological trauma. MSF has set up mental health clinics in the camps in Iraq as well. There can be a stigma over psychotherapy in conservative parts of the Middle East, including Iraq. But Bilal Boudair, the clinic's manager, was shocked when he saw how quickly the program here was embraced. The pain transcended the stigma, he said. People here are living with unbearable pain. Um Ahmed, her face furrowed in a frown, tells one therapist of the nightmares she has seen since fleeing her home in Hawija, near Kirkuk. Using only a nickname to ensure the safety of her relatives who are still inside, she breaks down in tears as she describes begging Isis to give her back the bodies of two sons who were executed by the group. I saw so many people killed by Isis, she says. Every time I put my head on the pillow, I can't sleep. I've memorized all their faces. In neighboring Syria, where MSF doctors in rebel areas are cut off from the outside world, medics like Dr. Omar, who asked the Financial Times to avoid using his full name, work through airstrikes and cellars that have become converted into operating theaters. He says he once caught himself crying as he amputated the leg of a five-year-old boy. The most important thing to learn is how to keep working when you feel like you're in danger. You never know. Is it going to hit us or not, he recalls. A general surgeon, he used to work at a government hospital in Aleppo by day and treat protesters by night. He joined MSF after fleeing his home city three years ago. We've learned not to pay attention to anything other than the patient we are working on, he says. We surrender ourselves to fate. Syria is one of the few places MSF does not send foreign staff, following an incident in which some of its members were kidnapped by ISIS in 2013 and later released. There have been 47 attacks on 19 MSF hospitals in Syria this year alone. Locals there are doing all the medical care on their own. In places like eastern Aleppo, where the government is besieging rebel-held territory, doctors say that medical supplies are dangerously low. It can feel isolated. Dr. Omar has the money to leave the suffering in Syria and find safety in Turkey. The border is just a few dozen kilometers away from where he is working in the countryside north of Aleppo. But he insists he will never leave. 
Not as long as there are people who need us, he says. If we don't stay to treat them, who else will? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.